Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 7th of June 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 331. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's been a hay fever heavy week for me. Got some pills from the GP towards the end of last week. Took my first one today. Massive pills, almost bigger than this flat. And it's been effective, I'm pleased to say. It is a warm day in London. It's still a warm day. I am recording this show in a vest and some shorts. And it's a late show today. I'll come to the reasons why in a moment. And uh, feeling a bit tense. I'm going to try and, because of the time, because it is a late recording, I'm just going to try and record this as live and get it out there. I don't know why I sometimes have a problem just recording everything in one take. I mean, there will be times when I have to pause it, so it's not like I'm doing multiple takes for everything. It's just if I make an error, I'll pause it, I'll start again. But owing to the late time, I'm hoping to just do a a smooth as live recording. I used to be able to do this so easily back in my resonance days and then you fall out of practice. I did some live shows last summer as well, but I don't know. Sometimes when it's a pre-record, I just find it harder to to get through a show. I've also not had time to do some of the exercises I normally do. In fact, I haven't done them for a long time. You know, jaw exercises to detense the jaw so you might hear my jaw cracking. I'm a very tense guy. There's a lot of uh, stiff neck audio going on today. The jaw is cracking a bit. I'll sometimes uh, edit out if I can, if I hear them, you know, like that, you know, those filler those filler phrases. I'm not going to be doing any of that today. I'm just going to try and do a good show and get it out there as it is. It's either that or wait until Tuesday. And I do pride myself on getting out a show when it's meant to come out. Even though it is a tiny audience, I still keep my end of the bargain. And uh, I delayed taking the hay fever pill for the first time until after an interview this morning for when shorts were short. I was concerned that they might leave me drowsy, as has happened in recent years. I didn't have to worry about hay fever fever pills. That's not going to be edited out. I didn't have to worry about hay fever pills last year because, of course, we were all indoors as the uh, pandemic took a hold. And in recent years... I found that they had left me a a bit drowsy, so I wasn't keen to take them. But I'm pleased to say I don't feel drowsy at all today. Some of that COVID news, though, that I was reading yesterday, even though it hasn't surprised me to see who officials, I think it's actually WHO. I've made this mistake before. Urine, urinal. I think it's the WHO. Someone correct me, please. Either way, whatever they're called, It wasn't surprising to see one of their spokespeople, persons, saying we have to learn how to live with COVID. I mean, we know that. I know that. But to to hear it, to, to see it written in an article, it's stark. And it left me a bit despondent, I think, the last 24 hours. 
we're in something wet. That should be edited out. In fact, I should edit that out. Am I going to edit that out? What was what was I trying to say? I was trying to say we're in something that has permeated every single part of our lives. And I'm fortunate that I've got no real urge. It's not to say I wouldn't ever consider it, but I've got no real urge to get into another relationship because if I did, then I would feel even worse than I do right now because it's not going to be any time soon where I can go out and start meeting anyone. And, you know, the, the freelancing, that just took a massive hit last year. The writing, the outlet is difficult in terms of wanting to do live work. That's really a no-go at the moment. I'm seeing some theatres opening up, but they are saying it's now or never and, you know, almost admitting that it's madness to open up right now, but they've got no choice because if they leave it any longer, they're just not going to survive. Let me give you a timestamp. It is 1919 hours. So as I've said, it's going to be almost lock and load this. Just record as live, get it out there with all the imperfections. I had an early start today and that is a problem. That is a problem. And I'll come to the... Um, come to why that is a problem later on because it's the usual stuff of not being able to switch off of having the man the man has me on all fours and they've got their the back the back of my head has the man's hand on it right now you know it's not just being crouched down on all fours I've got the hand on the back of my skull right now and it is a very tricky time I'm having to negotiate. And when you're like me, when you're not very good at switching off, that's not a good place to be. So I was up really early tonight. I was up very late as well. And I was listening to Howard Hughes, The Unexplained, and he had a really cranky guest on last night, which really annoyed me. I think Howard Hughes is a brilliant host. I don't think he's great when it comes to dealing with uh, awkward guests or cranky guests and I probably wouldn't be either it's not you know it's not an easy thing unless you're a combative person and uh, it just annoyed me because I think look you're coming onto a show which is loved by so many people respect the show if you're not happy with a question you don't need to get cranky don't get cranky with the host. Show them respect. You've been invited on. Tell them why you think that question wasn't particularly good. Be polite about it and then explain why they're wrong and you're right. And I had a bit of that today with um, a guest, a really good guest for When Shorts Were Short. And we got right to the end and he said, I hope you don't mind me saying that's a bit of a lazy narrative. It's just one question I asked at the end, I was fine with that. He, he, you know, he phrased it politely. We, uh, we had a good rapport. He said I was asking some really challenging questions. There was one question at the end that he, he didn't take umbrage at, but he, you know, he wanted to say, look, this question doesn't really work. It's a question that is often asked, and I just think it's wrong. And here's why I think it's wrong. That's it. That's fine. But this guy last night, this guest, for about ten minutes of his thirty-minute interview I, I don't think he was great and that disappointed me and the reason anyway that I'm talking about the unexplained is because I do get obsessive about stuff and for me I like to commit to live radio and this is such a big thing for me on a Sunday night it's a three-hour show it starts at 2200 hours it finishes at 0100 hours on a Monday morning on the few occasions the handful of occasions in the last few years that I've been out on a Sunday night 
I would actually take my little radio with me to catch the start of the show on the bus. In the early days, I'd catch up with the rest of the show on the Monday. In fact, that's what I'm going to have to do for the last hour. There was an item on Fred West. I'm not sure why that should be on the unexplained, I have to say. But the last couple of weeks, because I've been dozing off sometimes during the show because my sleep's so bad, I've thought, look, I'll stick my headphones in. If I fall asleep during that last hour, I fall asleep. I can catch up the following day. And that's what I'm starting to do now. So it was an early start today, though. I, I, so I dozed off after midnight, woke up around those 700 hours. I was up right away. And um, I was finalizing some questions for an interview on Wednesday morning, not today's interview. That was already prepped. I mean, the interviews are coming thick and fast, but I do think I've broken the back of it. I've now got 21 interviews. I've got one show coming out on Friday, more of that later. And I have my breakfast. I should actually, well, I'll give you the uh, breakfast news later. And then by 09.15 hours, I was ready for my morning run. I had a really good run on Friday evening. I think that's my best time for a run. If I'm going to hit 10K again, it's going to be a Friday evening, I think. This morning, the app was playing up a bit, but I know that I hit 7.5K. It's just the way the information was presented on the app was very strange. But the first interview, well, the only interview today was at uh, 1100 hours, went out at 0915, had intended to get out there earlier, but uh, the usual stuff, it just takes me forever to get things done. And it's like even before this show today, there was something I needed. I was trying to find my bottle of water. Now, there are plenty of bottles of water here, but I wanted to find the one that I knew I'd picked up to have here on my desk as I talk to you and I wanted to find it and I, I'd misplaced it and in the end it was by the kitchen window and I never put stuff there so I don't know what it was doing over there anyway good run this morning it was quite warm out got my new sun cream on uh, three pound fifty sun factor fifty but it's a it's a budget sun cream so I'm hoping that it's effective I went to the cafe late this afternoon and I forgot to put the sun cream on forgot to take a hat as well of course you know regular listeners will know hats and me aren't natural bedfellows and uh, I've got a baseball cap I've got a bucket hat that I bought for running last year which I don't know what kind of fit it is when I put it on it looks more like uh, a top hat particularly when I'm in um, you know bouffant territory as I am again there was a, a dog stall on the trail just past the halfway mark of my uh, my laps and I knew where it was, of course, on the second lap. I'd committed it to memory. But on the first lap, it almost derailed me. They have cut the grass in the park, but not everywhere. And it's quite long in parts. And there's also a fallen tree on this particular part of the trail, which I have to go around. And then I try to get back onto the trail, saw the stall, Worse than that, saw all these flies that were gravitating towards the stall like all these late-to-the-party podcast listeners who who will download any celebrity-fronted podcast. So saw all these flies. If I'd felt one on my leg, I just about jumped out the way at the last minute. If I'd felt a single one of those flies on my shin, I'd have shaved not just the hair on that leg, I'd have shaved the skin too. I think I would have been absolutely horrified. I'm not sure I would have been able to do the second lap. I really, uh, I think it would have bothered me. It's like there was one, it might have been 
Friday evening last week. No, because Friday it had been raining all day because I wasn't able to get to the cafe and that had crushed me a bit because I think I'd been reading the wrong weather report. I hadn't updated the browser and uh, because I'm checking the weather reports every time I'm going to the cafe and I hadn't checked the... I'm not going to edit that breath out. I don't know why I'm getting tense. I've got my hands on my hips and I was squeezing my stomach there so you heard a like that. And I can hear the jaw cracking too. Never mind. Let's continue. Just get on with it, Dave. Where was I? Okay. The run. It might've been Wednesday. It was a dry day, but as I say, the grass in parts of the park, I think on Wednesday, they still hadn't cut the grass anywhere. And I was running through some long grass and it was wet. And I was thinking, why is it wet? And all through the rest of my run, I was thinking, why is that grass wet? It hasn't rained today. Why is it wet? Of course, inevitably, my mind was telling me, well, you know why it's wet. That's urine and it's dog urine. And uh, I just thought, look, get through the run, just have your shower afterwards. And and that's it. That's all you can do. Still on the dog stalls, though, the local bus stop took a big hit on Thursday. And uh, that's last Thursday. And by Friday, someone had trodden in it. And I've always wondered who the early morning treaders are. Are they just half asleep when they head out there? These days, I suspect they're on their mobiles. In South London, you need to focus on the ground. Meantime, a hygiene fail, and this would have been around uh, 10.05 hours this morning, I saw a guy running barefoot as I was making my way back to the flat. He was running barefoot on the pavement past the bus stop and the dog stall. These middle class, I was out in Thailand for my gap year, guys really do my head in. You've got your shoes in your hand. I can see your running shoes in your hand. Why are they in your hand? Why do you have to run on the pavement barefoot like Zola Bud? What are you trying to prove? Meantime, on the manhole cover, that is um, that's still rattling every time you get cars going over it. I've been DMing back and forth with Thames Water. Haven't heard back from the engineers. They had called a couple of weeks ago to say it was going to be fixed within a few days. That, of course, hasn't happened. So I've got that noise going on. There was a When Shorts Were Short interview last uh, week, a really good interview with a really big guest that I'd been pursuing for months and finally got him. And there was a, because I'm opposite a vet's, there was a little dog yapping outside. And when I hear them yapping, it's because they're waiting at the door, usually waiting to go in. And I just thought at some point I have to just be away from this place and I have to be in an in a, an environment where it's just quiet and it's podcast friendly. I was at the uh, GP this afternoon, which is another reason why the show is late today. And, uh, you know, they were taking my blood pressure and everything. And that's just on the wrong side of high. I don't know if there's a right side of high. Actually, I might be just on the right side of high, but they're telling me they've got me in again a couple of weeks from now. I was running late. I had a very heavy bag. I had to buy my aunt some long life milk and I was just minutes away from the practice still the health center and i put the i fastened the rucksack on properly and i started running there in my clothes like you know adam carter in spooks 
So by the time I got there, I suppose I'd been doing a bit of cardio and I explained that to the nurse and she said that could possibly have impacted on the blood pressure. So what she did is she tested my blood pressure, I think three or four times, took my blood pressure three times, I think it was. And by then it had come down ever so slightly, but that is a concern. I'm going to cut out salt. Not that I have much salt, but I do think they should teach nutrition in schools. It's a real handicap for me. I really, I think I eat reasonably well, but I could eat better. I could pay a bit more attention to some of the stuff I'm eating. I do eat a lot of fruit. I'm teetotal. I'm a non-smoker. Um, Sloth Saturday might need to abandon that or, you know, maybe for a, for a few weeks, uh, by the way, on Sloth Saturday, my first choice pizza, it was, um, yeah, been in the freezer for about three months. I thought, you know, it's no point just leaving this stuff in the freezer and thinking, hey, I can have it at any time, which I'm prone to doing. No, you, I think you've normally got to have things within three months. So I took it out and I made that, uh, I made that on Saturday. I overdid it. It's got to go on gas mark seven, 17 minutes. Doesn't really need 17 minutes. I did 17 and a half minutes, I think. I was trying to finalise some Star Wars football transfers, most uh, more of which even later. So that was a bit disappointing. But I think, yeah, Sloth Saturday, I might need to scale that back. I bought some salad for today. And I'm not a salad guy, but uh, this high blood pressure thing is uh, it's because it's been happening for the last year. And I know that it's down to all the pressure that I'm under, of course, and an inability to switch off. And I've had things like fridge issues, you know, just everything in the flat is just pretty much broken. And I think on the fridge, with the weather being quite warm, you know, I'm I'm going into weekends sitting on 18 pints of semi-skimmed milk. That's one of my OCDs. Probably doesn't need to happen again. And I think that actually started because I didn't like the milk from across the road in likes a uh, small talk shop and I don't have any other shops within 10 minutes of me. So I think that's where that uh, obsessive collecting of uh, milk came in that started in the last 18 months. I also realized that I probably wasn't, I, I basically, I downloaded a, a PDF of the fridge here and I realized that I wasn't keeping my milk where it's meant to be kept, but that's because the shelving wasn't aligned correctly. The problem was I couldn't pull out the shelving and change things around because there's so much ice in the fridge. And once I'd knocked it up to the full, the maximum setting, of course, that ice had actually turned almost into an iceberg. So I was trying to hammer out the ice on Saturday afternoon, except I couldn't find the hammer. So I used the spanner, felt very masculine while I was doing that. I'm also you know, starting to bring in some of the long life milk that I've got in the cupboards. I defrosted uh, some milk that I put in the, um, the freezer in recent weeks and that tasted fine. I defrosted it in the fridge and you know, I've got the fridge now on five. So because I defrosted some milk a few weeks back and that didn't work out, but I think it probably didn't work out because I didn't have it on the right settings or you know, I didn't have the milk on the right shelf. So that's positive. I've been to the shops today, haven't bought more milk, was trying to buy some more long-life milk, but they had the uh, the carton. I don't particularly, well, I don't mind it, but I, I wanted the smaller, cheaper carton because I actually prefer that milk. But I think I'm going to be using a, mo- uh, a lot more long-life milk from now on. And I've also got some for my aunt today who I popped in to see. So I think 
with the fridge, it's one of those instances where there's a lack of common sense on my part. You know, the the setting, it's got five settings and I think you've got to roll it clockwise to get the coldest setting. And for a long time, I wasn't getting that right, as, as silly as that sounds or, was, well, it does sound silly. And even now, I have to put my glasses on and I have to try and work out, okay, really? So one is colder rather than five. You just wish there could be a universal agreement among all the fridge companies, all the the manufacturers, right, this is it. One is the coldest, five is the warmest. No, five is the warmest. No, five is the coldest. Yes, it's on five now. This, This is what I mean. I'd had it on two and a half. Also, I didn't appreciate that when the weather is warmer, your you know that's going to impact on your fridge and on your goods and i've got all the fruit and the salads in the you know in the the bottom shelf i've always done that well but i just never appreciated that you might have a problem you know with your with 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 the stuff in your fridge if you're not resetting the settings when the weather changes i just think this place is going to do me in but the fridge is a separate thing, I think. I think the fridge, well, you know, I would probably benefit from a new fridge. This one's about four or five years old. But I also think when it comes to the fridge, it's a lack of common sense on my part. I, you know, I'm honest enough about that. This is the kind of thing that most people wouldn't have a problem with. But I do have, um, you know, I do have fridge issues. And also, I think because I don't enjoy shopping or because I'm worried about being short of stuff and more so post-COVID having been caught out, you know, short of stuff when I went down with the virus and, you know, my sister had to save me from the other side of the world by organizing a shop for me. I'm overcompensating, maybe buying too much stuff and just cramming it into the fridge. And so the fridge isn't breathing properly. And I think that's causing a few issues as well. But I still need to... uh, get rid of that ice but I'll need to check when the neighbors uh, uh, are out I may need to um, try and coincide it with whenever the plumber comes to sort out some stuff here and maybe while he's making a racket I'll make a racket from the kitchen but just in general I think this place is going to do me in as I've said there are problems with pretty much every room had a guy come in last week that the housing people had sent to put some block stain on the study ceiling, which, you know, has been leaking for years. And the guy said, this is pointless doing it. And I said, well, that's what I've said to these housing people, but they keep making me jump through these hoops. I put the block stain on myself a couple of years ago. And of course it came through again. The leak came through again because the place is still leaking. They've worked on the roof twice i've had scaffolding up there they've not replaced any roof tiles it's an old roof there is still a leak but you're making me jump through the hoops and he actually went back to them and spoke to them and said this is pointless and i spoke to the guy today i thanked him for doing that because the housing people came back to me on friday say we uh, you know there is uh, after speaking to the contractor it's clear there is an ongoing issue well yes i've been telling you that for years and no one takes ownership of this you know 
And this guy will just say to me, the, the guy currently overseeing it, well, I've only been dealing with this for three months. Yes, I know that. Do you think I don't know that? I've been here for a number of years. I've never seen you before. Of course, I know that you've only been dealing with this for two or three months. You don't need to state that. That is a given. What would be nice is if you or your organization could actually claim some ownership of this, take responsibility and get it fixed because this is stressful. It contributed in a small way to the breakup of my relationship. You know, all this stress is a horrible way to live. The contractor, when I spoke to him today, he's talking about, and I've heard this before, he said, um, you, the idea is going to be to cut a hole in that ceiling, like a square, so they can identify where the leak is coming from. You know, cut a hole in the boards and see where that leak is coming from. So when it's raining heavily, and if I walk in there and I see it leaking, no doubt it'll bring back some... Uh, horrible memories of, uh, you know, growing up in Mayflower. But if it's ultimately going to lead to getting the roof fixed, then that's what needs to be done rather than wasting my time with, uh, you know, more block staining. And I'd laid out all these dust sheets. And of course, the dust sheets are still covered in all manner of crap from when the windows were done. And I was seeing all these wood chippings on the carpet I had to get the vanish on there the shake and vac it was a lot of cleaning after um after this guy had gone but uh, he was a decent guy and I'm, I'm he's done me a real favor going back to these guys and just setting them right on the time wasting let's just get this roof fixed do I think it'll be fixed before I manage to get out of this place no I don't I don't and it's not the first time it's happened it's you know I think this is the third or fourth place now where I've had this issue as I say I think this place is it's going to do me in, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've got uh, high blood pressure, just uh, chasing my tail constantly. Last week on the show as well, middle of the week, I, I did a really good interview with, with a guy. I think most of them, to be fair, are good interviews, but I sent him an email in the morning just uh, talking about acoustic tips, and this is maybe one of the few guys. Oh, did you hear that crack? That was the jaw, the left side. This is one of the few guys in the country who was podcasting before me. And he came back, you know, I, I, my, I send out an email pre-acoustic tips because most of the guests will start tapping away, you know, that's tapping on the uh, desk or they've got a creaking chair. They can't hear it because they don't have their, their earphones in or they might not be recording in a corner of the room so, so the acoustics aren't great. And he sent me... Uh, just an unnecessary email, really, really rude. And I sent him an email back. I apologized, but I explained why I'd sent the email and made sure he knew how long I'd been podcasting because he said, oh, I've done more podcasts than you, etc., etc." And I thought, well, he might have started before me, not much longer before me, but I probably, I don't think he's probably done as many podcasts as me. And I wanted to be clear on that, that I wasn't some late to the podcast party arrival. You know, this is not a show that you're going to find featured in the iTunes store. So I sent him that. And also I'd sent the email because I think the previous day or a couple of days earlier, my stomach's rumbling now. I'm so hungry now. It's 1941 hours. The previous day or a couple of days earlier, this, I think I mentioned this on last Monday's show because this interview was last week. I think it was the, I'm just looking at my calendar there. 26th of May. No, it was a couple of weeks ago. But I hadn't sent this guy a, a reminder that we were doing the Zoom interview. So he was about 10 minutes late into the meeting and he'd said, oh, it was um, actually uh, 
uh, a welcome change that uh, a planned Zoom meeting actually goes ahead. I was just anticipating a reminder email. So I thought, well, actually, I ought to send reminder emails. So that that framed my thinking for contacting this guy before our interview on last Wednesday. I thought I'll kill two birds with one stone and, you know, give him the acoustic uh, tips. I think from now on, if it's someone who's done a lot of audio work, I won't send those acoustic tips and I'll just have to um, work on getting the audio as, as, as good as I can for the show. But, you know, the interview itself, it went uh, it went really well and he, he apologised, he explained why he'd been so cranky. You know, and as a fellow cranky guy, I had to uh, accept that. But, you know, I don't talk like that uh, to people. But it, it, it's hard going, this uh, football show, trying to monetize it, which I'm determined to do and I'm getting so close to that now. But it's almost, you know, I'm getting texts just before this show about interviews and it reminds me of uh, the London Football Review magazine that I used to edit in the early noughties except I'm 18 years older and working the insane hours of the younger man who was able to just about pull that off back in 2003 2003 even what's 2003 and I'm doing this in a pandemic so it's madness. And you have to have a thick skin to be a journalist. You know, sometimes you've got to chase these people. They let you down on interviews and you have to get back to them and it makes you feel pretty small. You have to have a thick skin. And I shed that skin years ago. So I find having to pursue these guys, some of these guys, very difficult indeed. I was, um, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I'd gone in completely unrelated. I'd gone into the news agents across the road, like small talk was in. He's got a bit chubby during this pandemic. I'm not sure if he has got chubby, maybe it's just he can't have those fancy hairstyles he used to get with the, you know, shaved undercut on the sides and a big quiff. So he's got a, a kind of 90s George Michael type hairstyle which he wears very well but it does make him look a bit chubbier maybe he is a bit chubbier but he never wears his mask I think he's had his first jab now finally but I went in there he had two unmasked customers in there neither of them social distancing they were having a three-way conversation and you think 14 15 months into this and this is still going on no mask indoors what is going on and um, I think he wasn't quite with it and he he knows what I normally go in for now and he asked what I was after and I just, you know, gestured to the card and he said, of course, you know, oyster top up, that's all you come in for now, isn't it? And I was thinking, hey, I'm sorry if I didn't continue buying my neighbor's right-wing tabloid and OK magazine every week for the rest of my life, even though now she's in a care home with COVID and Alzheimer's somewhere in Kent and there's no need for me to be doing this. I'm sorry that I'm not buying any of your four-pound loaves of bread. I mean, who, who is buying that bread? Who spends four pounds four pounds on bread? And if you're going to spend four pounds on bread, why not buy it from a bakery rather than a, a newsagent's? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 331, Sweating the Small Stuff, every Monday. Follow my work on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 facebook.com forward slash DRT. Available. Find all my work at DanielRuizTyson.com. There are PayPal and Coffee.com links 
on that page. If you want to support this work with one-off donations and any donors will get the latest bonus Patreon podcast uh, we transferred to them. Most importantly, though, the best way to support this work is via that Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. I don't think there are many better Patreon deals out there and the tiers are very cheap. In breakfast news, it's 79 appearances in 99 days now for Toast. Crackers made their solitary appearance this week on Saturday. Now, 20 appearances in 99 days. That doesn't sound great, but if you remember that the Crackers are the sole rival to the Toast, that's not too shabby, is it? There is no one else doing what Crackers are doing. They're the only rival. They might be a distant rival, but they're they're, they're kind of, I suppose they're the Andy Murray to the Federer Nadal toast thing. Okay, let me just find my notes are all over the place for this particular show. That one is done. I think I've got uh, some nectar points to give you. There's quite a few uh, receipts. Quite a few receipts. I've also got the cafe update. Let me give you a, a dream first. I think it was a dream that was linked to a visual that I had on Friday. Friday, it was raining heavily. So once I was in Stockwell, I realized I couldn't go to the cafe. So I was on my way to Little after picking up a prescription and I saw this elderly couple in the distance. And I thought there's something about that couple but it wasn't quite registering. And then I noted the walking stick technique of the woman, and eventually I thought, that's my aunt. That's definitely my aunt. Of course, they're both masked up. My aunt was wearing this huge hat. My uncle, I don't know how big his face mask was. It was almost up to the eyes. It was it was like he was fencing. I said to him, why is the mask right up to your eyes? Where are you getting your masks from? I mean, it didn't look as if anything could penetrate that mask. But I think that uh, my aunt's got quite an aggressive walking stick technique. It's like she's climbing up a mountain, you know, very rapid movements. I can't remember if it's the left arm or the right arm, but she is really, really quick with that walking stick, very aggressive walking stick style. And I think it was a catnap that I had on Saturday. And... As I was drifting off, I could see my aunt on a walking stick in my catnap dream. And then my aunt's face morphed into my mum's face. And my mum had the walking stick. And of course, you know, my mum passed away in her 50s. So, you know, she was decades away from using a walking stick. But that visual the day before, that Friday little visual, my aunt with a walking stick had obviously, obviously even... Uh, had an impact on me and gave me another of those um, not-so-nice catnap dreams. When I went into Little, actually, after seeing them, I went into Little and I saw a woman. She was about to go into Little. She was putting her mask on and she licked the bit of the mask that goes on the bridge of the nose, I suppose, to get it, you know, to get some purchase on the bridge of the nose, but I'd never seen that before. I wonder how effective that is. I guess that's her own technique. Not sure it was hygienic. Um, Maybe it is. Maybe it was fine if she is the type of person to throw away a mask after single use. But uh, I'd certainly never seen that before. Let me get my um, Nectar Point receipts. I'm so hungry. 
it's uh, 1950 hours now okay here we go right so uh okay that's another of my filler phrases that i won't be editing out this week so that's the 4th of june 7th of june is one for today and that one is the 1st of june okay so this is from uh, okay 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 so this is from last tuesday Went into the store with 317 points, bought some uh, yogurt, one kilo yogurt. They didn't have my first choice yogurt, but as I say, from now on, along with less milk, I'm going to buy, you know, just single pots of yogurt, small ones to let the fridge breathe. Bought uh, two, uh, sorry, four pints of semi-skimmed milk. Again, won't be doing that as frequently. Bought the uh, budget sun lotion, bought five uh, five single oranges one pounds 50 came to seven pounds 44 earned seven points on 317 nectar points new points balance 324 uh, they were worth one pound 62 and then three days later when is this this is friday morning skimmed milk six pints one pound 55 i now look back at friday's purchases um, particularly the six pints of milk when I already had about 10 pints of milk in the fridge and think how naive I was. I mean, it's been a huge learning curve with the fridge. Bought another big pot of yogurt. Again, need to stop that. Bought some crackers, lemon juice, uh, four baking potatoes for 45p, three more single oranges. They came to 90p. And a previous points balance of 327 that um i don't know where those extra three points come from oh actually i think i picked up three points on ebay bought some post-it notes for about three pound 40 uh 12 packets of post-it notes small ones really uh, that was a bargain earned six points on this second sainsbury strip and uh, that took me to 333 points can hear a lot of vibrating here in the front room not sure if it's the traffic i know well i have a rough idea of what it is when i uh, i'm in bed at night there's no train in the distance and i'm hearing vibrating below the bed uh, i have a fair idea that it's probably the uh, young couple uh, below me you know just when i'm already feeling old got some young couple in their peak years going at it like me in the late 90s and you're thinking although it doesn't go on for long which i'm you know surprised given they've got uh, youth on their side okay uh, today's today's uh, sainsbury's visit had to buy a bag for life i'd forgotten to bring out my bags there's there is a thing when i go when I, when i live anywhere in all the many places i've lived there is a thing with hoarding plastic bags even bags for life i've right now i've built up quite a collection i need to rein that in i think that's an ocd thing as well bought a single yellow pepper for tonight's salad uh, bought some uh, washing up liquid uh, some fabric conditioner some tissues uh, some toothpaste uh, small vinegar hauls sugar-free lozenges which help tackle the tinnitus and and the uh, catarrh 180 grams of um, low-fat coleslaw. Oh, only 60p. See, that's my eyesight. I thought in Sainsbury's it was 80p, and I thought that's a bit steep, but I still bought it anyway. Bought a single orange, like to top up my oranges, and uh, some iceberg lettuce for 43p. Not too big on iceberg lettuce. I think it was my go-to lettuce in the 90s, 
But then I thought, that's a bit overrated. I'm just not a salad guy, but uh, that's what I'm going to be having tonight. I hope hope it doesn't leave me hungry. So if you remember a few minutes ago, I was on three, three, uh, three points, earned six points today. That takes me up to 339 points. That's worth £1.69. As I've always said, um, it's an open invite to you guys. If you want to send in your store points, DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. Store points in the subject header. Tell me what you're buying and how many points you have and what you you know what kind of bargains or what kind of deals you're looking for with your coupons or you know when are you going to use your coupons? I'm not really getting much in the way of offers right now. I have to say, I think these guys know that they're not going to make much out of me. Star Wars football, some news to bring you. A disappointing Champions League final. To wrap up Silver Age Season 5 that lasted from September to the 2nd of June. So that was Wednesday's final and also the last ever seven-a-side Star Wars football game. Tatooine edged Endor 2-1. Endor had taken the lead. Endor were under strength. It was a bit of a disappointing final. I think I'd just lost my mojo a bit with the Star Wars football and I just couldn't get that final game out of the way. I think what really helped get me towards the end of that season was I'm really excited about the eight aside, the game going up to eight aside. And also, you know, I do like the end of the season. There's also a a mid-season transfer window, but I do like carrying out transfers. And I made some of the transfer deals in my head. I thought them through on Friday's run and there were two really big deals, TIE Fighter, Tatooine's brilliant holding midfielder. More than that, to be fair, he's like a playmaker. He's like a Demetrio Albertini in that he was always known as a holding player, but by the late 90s, as Roberto Baggio got sidelined and Italy moved away from having playmakers, he became their de facto playmaker before the rise of uh, Pirlo in that Italy team. And this is TIE Fighter, really. He can really pick a pass. Won six league titles with Tatooine. Remember, Tatooine's uh, Champions League final win last week meant that they'd again won the treble. They'd retained the treble, so they've done a double treble. So he moved to X-Wing, with whom he spent a loan spell back in 1984. So he's back on familiar ground, and he goes there as a six-times title winner with Tatooine, in addition to all the cups. I mean, just in the Silver Age alone now, Tatooine have won 11 trophies. Meantime, R2-D2, the original R2-D2, because there is a... Uh, an R2-D2 with a stethoscope, I think, that was issued in the early 80s that I've also got. He went back to Besbin. He made way for his older brother. The new R2 had gone to Empire from Besbin in Silver Age Season 4. R2-D2, the original, he's gone back to Empire, for whom he scored over 100 goals after Tatooine surprisingly sold him back in 83. Scored over 100 goals for Empire, but never won anything there. He now goes to a club that has finally won stuff in his absence, and he goes there as someone who's added another 11 titles to the one that he picked up in his uh, previous spell at Tatooine in uh, 1982. He was just there for one season and got sold in uh, the second season back in 83. And I was working out these transfers while on my run, helped me to shut out the physical hurt of the run and um, I basically I, I took out all the players and I put them I put them on the shoebox lid no actually golden delicious apple lid what am I talking about shoebox lid golden delicious uh, lid from Lidl on two actually it was two lids because there were quite a few players but they were all kind of fringe players there were no big major transfer deals then I thought no in order to 
fuel the excitement in order to capture the attention, my own attention. You know, I need to make some tough deals here. You know, players who've been favourites and regulars and big players for their clubs. You know, two or three of these guys have to move. And TIE Fighter and R2, those, those are big deals. Power Droid, who won man of the match in his final two games for Tatooine, despite not featuring much during the season. He played a wing-back role for Tatooine in the Champions League final. He's also moved to X. Uh, sorry, he's moved to Death Star joining his old Tatooine skipper C-3PO there. And Death Star have also brought in um, Death Star Commander from Hoth, a guy who had a massive impact at Hoth in the Silver Age season. And, you know, Death Star have had a very young team last season, really struggled, got into the Europa League, but it's the first time they're not in the Champions League. They've also lost Captain Spiders, a.k.a. Spider-Man, the greatest goalkeeper in the history of Star Wars football. Too much glue, too much sellotape, you know, slowed him down. So they've got a new young keeper. They've got two young keepers battling that, uh, battling it out to be number one. So they did need experience. So I'm kind of pleased with some of the deals that I've done. And uh, uh, I had to work out the league fixtures on Saturday morning for Silver Age Season 6. And I don't know if you remember back when I was doing Season 5 fixtures, I... The computers I was using, the computer fixture generators I was using, weren't doing it properly. There'd be duplications as I checked the fixtures to make sure everyone was playing everyone. It wasn't quite working out. So I had to find an eight-team league in Europe and use that as the basis for working out the fixtures. And I found, I think it was the Azerbaijan League. So that's the template now for every Star Wars football season going forward. So I use that as the template for here. So, for example, the first fixtures last year were, I think it was Hoth versus Tatooine or Tatooine versus Hoth. So Tatooine were one, Death Star two. So then I, I on, a, a, on a piece of card, I wrote out the eight names of the clubs and say if Death Star came out of the hat first, I'd match them up to Tatooine's fixtures for last season. So Death Star became Tatooine. Am I making sense? I don't think I'm explaining that too well. So if a team last year played first, so I'm making a mess of this. I think you know, no, I I don't even know if you know what I'm saying. It makes sense. Basically, the league fixtures are sorted. Take it from me. I'm going to give you um, the results from the first weekend. There have been quite a few games I should say particularly with the warm weather and and since the blind in the front room broke uh, remember a few shows back I told you I've now got the step ladder out and I have to go up every morning to turn the blind manually reach up it's a high ceiling it's not easy to do and there's just a tiny little knob left from what was a long pulley for me to um, open the blinds I can't do that anymore so after breakfast I just open the blinds with a string and uh, there's nothing on the window now and it's like you know being on a reality show but I am concerned that well partly the heat it's made it's made it quite difficult playing there on that carpet because it's right by the window where where the games are played and I do remember the um the heat wave of 2019, I'd be drenched in sweat as I was playing these games. There was so much heat coming in on Saturday. And also, because there's no blind now on the window, well, I mean, not when I've got it up. There's not, there's nothing there. I can't use the slats. The blind actually has to go up, and all that's there is glass. I am concerned that people can now see me playing Star Wars football if they're let, you know, people from across the road. And uh, I, I start thinking, is this going to be like one of those... Um, 
cup games you see on TV. Some big clubs uh, turn up at some non-league ground that's got a small ground surrounded by maybe tower blocks and you can see people watching from their balconies. Is that what this is like now? People being able to watch these uh, Star Wars football games. I just feel a bit uh, self-conscious. Um, the Let me just find my results. I'm actually using a new notebook now for Silver Age Season 6 fixtures, and it's a maths paper, so I'm able to fit, uh, fit a lot more stuff on there because the writing's got to be smaller to fit it into the squares. And uh, I've got the... There's going to be problems with the Champions League format. I didn't like the fact that it was four groups of three last season because, you know, after two or three games, it was clear who wasn't going to go through. And it did feel a bit weak until it got to the quarterfinals. But I don't want to uh, I don't want to lose the quarterfinal stage because I think it works. But I realised that if I expand the Champions League to four groups of four, that's going to be about 40 games no, or two was it? No, it was two groups of six was the intention. That would have been about 40 games. I thought, I can't do that. That's another league. I, I haven't got time for that. I need to write. I can't just play my time, spend my time playing with action figures, he said, talking even louder to drown out the stomach rumbles. I don't think a salad's going to do it tonight. So I've lost my thread now. I can't even remember what I was talking about. Okay, so I'm going to give you the... Um, yeah, actually, that's what I was saying. So the Champions League is going to be the same format as next se- uh, as last season. I'm just going to have to make sure that uh, there is a strength in depth to the teams. It wasn't the case with every team last year. The Community Shield happened on Saturday early afternoon. That was between Tatooine, who were the double winners. Hoth had won the uh, League Cup and Europa League last season, and they'd um, gone into the Community Shield because they'd finished runners-up in the league. They'd also lost the FA Cup final, of course, to Tatooine. Tatooine were comfortable 2-0 winners. That was the first ever eight-a-side game in Star Wars football. Goals from X-Wing Luke and Diaz Pure, sorry, Diaz Pure scored first, then X-Wing Luke. They've lost a lot of experience, Tatooine, but uh, their new debutants, Asterix, a surprise purchase from Empire, uh, put in a very good performance at wing-back. I think he's going to be a good addition, very similar in style to Power Droids, so it's a great uh, example there at Tatooine. Not buying stars, just buying players that can fit into the team. And... Um, they bought Medical Droid as well, a much-travelled Maverick striker, and he is a like-for-like replacement for R2-D2, who wasn't a regular last season. And uh, Dengar, was the uh, the bounty hunter, was the make-weight in the deal that took TIE Fighter to X-Wing. But Dengar is a young player with a lot of potential, spent uh, a lone spell at Empire last season as well. The league opened up with uh, Empire and Bespin drawing 1-1 at Empire... Uh, Let me give you the other results. And it's typical. um, It's always a slow start in Star Wars football. I hope I'm talking into the mic because I did see my levels quite low. I I think I've just realized I've not had the arm where it should be. Hopefully there won't be any inconsistency on the levels. Alderaan and, uh, yeah, as I was saying, it's very rare. I think last season was just one win in the opening four games. And this season, actually, they've all been draws. So Alderaan, nil, Death Star, nil. Uh, that was actually a very good game. Death Star were very impressive. Rebels nil, Hoth nil, and X-Wing nil, Tatooine nil. Han Solo suspended for the first two games of the season, having been sent off at his uh, former club X-Wing in the final dramatic game of the season where Tatooine's uh, late win, 10 seconds from time, clinched them their seventh league. There's the voice going to the seventh league title. 
And uh, tonight it should be the European Super Cup final if I ever come off this uh, PC. And that is, again, between Tatooine and Hoth. They rested a lot of players for the uh, Community Shield, but the big guns will be back today. Um, so on the salad, I think one of the reasons, well, the reason I'm having the salad tonight, I guess, is just to try and get used to it and just concerns about the... Um, Actually, let me just say, first of all, the eight aside, I forgot to tell you my exciting, excited rather, early impressions of that. There's clearly less space on the pitch. It's going to be a while before new formations establish themselves at the moment. The three at the back with two wing backs seems to be the favoured uh, formation. Two central defenders not quite working. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. So um that's the Star Wars football done. Uh, just quickly going back to the uh, visit to the nurse today. She actually weighed me and I've lost, um, I'm 69 kilos now, which I think is about 10.86 stones. And because I hadn't gone there since 2019, she said, I think I'd lost 12 kilos since I was last there. And that's the running. So that that's, uh, you know, kind of that's good and bad. And um, in terms of I mean, I always try and find out what my weight is or what my weight would classify me in the boxing world. And I used to be, I think, within super super middleweight range. But 69K, I think that leaves me... I should have done this. Let me... I'm going to find a conversion because I did this... Um, I did this at the cafe uh, this afternoon. I worked this out. Let me just get this to you, and I'll come to the cafe in a minute. I had this right. So I used to be super middleweight all the time. And even then, I'd probably be tall uh, for a super middleweight. Quite rangy, I think, Bodhi would say. Let me just go to boxing weight classes and, and divisions, which really do fascinate me, these things, these weight divisions. That's going to be slow to load up. Right. Okay, weight divisions. Right. Oh. Continue to no, just give me let me this thing continue to sign. Let me just okay, there we go, finally. All right, so uh, middleweight 160 pounds, super middleweight 168 pounds. So that's a bit different. No, so I was around super middleweight, and now I'm what is it? Uh, trying to see 69 kilos. I think that leaves me in super welterweight, the super welterweight category, which isn't really a well-known division in boxing. And welterweight's not as well-known or highly regarded as it used to be. It used to be the, I think the blue, well, not quite the blue ribbon because that's heavyweight, but it was the one where the, you know, that the boxing purists would gravitate to. And I don't know what happened because, for example, when we had that great era of boxing in the late 80s, early 90s in, in, in Britain with the likes of Eubank, Ben and Watson and Collins. Originally, when uh, Eubank and Ben fought, it was for the welterweight title. And I think by the end of their careers, I don't know why, they were fighting as middleweights or super middleweights. I never understood that. If you're a boxing fan, maybe you can let me know. But whichever category, whichever of those two categories I'd be in, I think I'd be tall those categories certainly as a welterweight but uh yes i've gone down to to boxing weight categories and uh i probably do need to eat some 
I don't know, whatever. I need to eat more and put some put some weight on. Right, let me uh, bring you today's visit to the cafe. Didn't get there until 1,600 hours today. And uh, I was pleased to see, because it was a warm day, I was pleased to see that um, whoever was indoors in the cafe, I couldn't see, but of course you were able to go indoors, but they were ventilating the windows. They were ventilating the cafe. They had a few open windows, so that was... Uh, Good to see. I was speaking to Seb K, the uh, waiter with the uh, lesion on either the left or the um, right temple. He doesn't think restrictions will be eased on the 21st of June here. Neither do I, I suppose. And I don't think many people do. I think we're all a bit realistic about it. Now, the uh, late owner's son was there. There were a couple of tables free. I wanted to sit at the end where I had more chance of avoiding the smokers. I I think I came across as a, a bit awkward and uh, the problem is he, like most of the staff, are smokers as well. You know, it's the, the Portuguese community. They love their cigarettes. So I don't think they think anything of having a, a division between smokers and non-smokers outdoors. And it's frustrating, really, because I, I think if you said, look, I want to be away from the smokers, I think they'd be surprised. I, I just think they, you know, it's a completely different community. And it would be nice if they divvied up that alfresco area while we're in this uh, pandemic. There was a poser there on Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday and it was a really hot, it was Thursday, it was a really hot day or Wednesday, whenever it was, the last time I went there last week. And he kept getting up. I think he had a bike just outside the alfresco area and he kept, he went there and reached into his satchel and took out some sun cream and I thought, oh, he's just going to cream his arms and his face and his neck. No, he took his top off to show his uh, muscular frame, admittedly muscular frame, started creaming up in front of everybody. And I thought, well, you don't really need to cream under your T-shirt if you're going to be wearing the T-shirt, if you're keeping the T-shirt on. Stop being a poser. He did this uh, twice. Just some people, you you kind of, you, you wonder about some people. And in other, well, something else that concerned me, my tall glass technique, still a bit rusty, despite the fact I've now been going back for five or six weeks. I, I could see my, well, I could feel it first. And then I looked and my, uh, obviously I usually go for the left hand tall glass uh, technique to convey that area of entry. And uh, my little finger was coming off the glass and I just thought I've got to get in front of this, you know, because that just looks like an affectation. It's uh, very annoying. It's like when you see singers, they're holding the mic and they've got the little finger off the mic, stick the little finger on the mic. Well, you know, the, the little finger not making contact with whatever you're holding. That's a, that's not a great, um, that's not a great visual. I, I'd written down my kilos, whatever kilos I was. I think it was 69 kilos. I'm just going back. I, I felt that uh, weight stuff was incomplete. Just all muddled up here with my notes uh, today. But I think that's about it with the cafe stuff. I did some fairly good work out there today on the book proposal and, you know, trying to order the episodes for the football show that uh, returns this week. And that is it. That is the end of uh, today's show. If you have enjoyed this podcast and have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts on the football show when Shorts with Shorts uh, returns at the end of this week with a Euro special, Euro 84, the greatest international tournament of the last 50 years. Only barely anyone in the UK got to see it. I've got a brilliant guest for that, an absolutely wonderful guest, one of my favourite uh, 
football people. Uh, that's where I'll leave that. Now it is time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. And there we go. Right on cue. Almost got through a single show without the siren, the sound of South London. So I'll say it again. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. Hands, face, space, fresh air, Patreon. Repeat after me. Hands, face, space, fresh air, Patreon. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. <laughs>